It's Tuesday, March 31st. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, the captain of an American aircraft carrier in the Pacific Ocean has a desperate request for the Pentagon. We'll explain why he says he needs help fighting COVID-19. Then, New York's iconic Central Park is now home to a field hospital. It's a trend popping up across the country. We'll explain why officials say now's the time to start building them. And finally, a story so cute, we can't even bear it. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by New Aller Life. More life, less blah. Okay, the COVID-19 pandemic is a rapidly changing story with lots of moving parts. And we're going to help you sort out what exactly you need to know, starting with the three big developments of the day. We're starting with a plea from the captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, an American aircraft carrier currently in the Pacific Ocean that's now battling COVID-19. And we're leading with this today because if you thought the U.S. Navy might be able to avoid the same problems we've already seen on cruise ships, think again. Coronavirus cases on the USS Roosevelt are multiplying quickly. Even though the carrier is huge, it's just not designed for isolation. All those spaces on board the ship are pretty tightly wound. Let's take a step back. At the beginning of February, we started hearing about the spread of COVID-19 on cruise ships like the Diamond Princess. And we quickly learned ships are not a good place to be when a highly infectious disease is going around. Well, a little before those reports, the Roosevelt left San Diego for deployment in the Pacific Ocean. Earlier this month, the ship docked in Vietnam. A couple weeks later, three crew members tested positive for COVID-19. Since they're in close quarters on a ship with over 4,000 crew members on board, more have since tested positive. We don't know the exact number. Some reports say 50, others say it could be up to 200. And the ship's captain is getting desperate. It broke a few hours ago that Captain Brett Crozier wrote a four-page letter to the Pentagon, asking for help dealing with the crisis. He said, quote, We are not at war. Sailors do not need to die. If we do not act now, we are failing to properly take care of our most trusted asset, our sailors. That's pretty intense. Crozier said we should learn the big lesson from the Diamond Princess cruise, that by evacuating passengers sooner, fewer people would have been infected. Since the USS Roosevelt is now docked in Guam, Crozier wants to get all the sailors a place to stay on land so they can properly social distance while the ship gets disinfected. Today, the acting Navy secretary told CNN the Navy's trying to work out a place in Guam for all the sailors on board the ship. But that could be tricky. Guam doesn't have that many beds, and Crozier's made it clear a portion of the crew will have to stay on board to run a nuclear power plant on the carrier and guard some crazy weapons. So this challenge is kind of like the one on cruise ships and also definitely not the same. Our second headline today involves the medical response to COVID-19. 48 hours. That's how long it took to turn a grassy patch of Central Park, famous for its sunbathers and picnickers, into a field hospital. And today, it's open for business. It only has 68 beds, but New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says these temporary hospitals are part of a much larger plan. It comes down to not overwhelming the hospital system because those people who need acute care may not be able to get the acute care. 
enter the makeshift hospital in Central Park. It's getting a lot of attention because it's in Central Park. But this is just the latest temporary hospital to open in New York City. Yesterday, we told you about a Navy hospital ship docked in New York Harbor. And the Javits Convention Center in the city was also turned into a temporary hospital. And this is just the beginning. Cuomo said he wants to open up temporary hospitals in all five New York City boroughs. Right now, hospitals in the state are really busy, but not all of them are filled. So why are state officials rushing to open these temporary hospitals in not only parks, but also dorm rooms and hotels? The idea here is to get ready for the peak. New York is already the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S. Today, New York State's total case count was only a few hundred away from the total case count in the entire Hubei province where this virus began. In Wuhan, the city where this all started, there were more than a dozen makeshift hospitals to help treat patients. But Governor Cuomo says the state's peak is still weeks away. And that's what these hospitals are all about, trying to up the number of available hospital beds before the state really needs them. How many does it need? Up to 140,000, according to Cuomo last week. And how many did it have around the start of this pandemic? Around 50,000. Uh, I will turn this state upside down to get the number of beds we need. So New York is trying to make up the difference with these emergency hospitals. To be clear, most of them will be used to treat non-COVID-19 patients, so the patients with COVID-19 can stay in the real hospitals. Remember all that talk about flattening the curve? That was about making sure cases are spread out over time so that hospitals don't reach capacity all at once. Well, even though Cuomo recently said the hospitalization rate is slowing in his state, he says a peak is still coming. And that's what he's trying to get ready for. As hotspots are cropping up elsewhere, other states are trying to prepare for their own peaks. Los Angeles is converting its convention center into a temporary hospital. And in New Orleans, where hospitals are expected to reach capacity next week, the city is also building a thousand hospital beds in its convention center. There's a big gap between where we are and where we need to be in terms of hospital beds. One health journal says that gap could easily be in the millions. And so one solution cities and states are starting to look toward are field hospitals. All over the country, nonprofits, the military, and local governments are working together to build hospitals from scratch. So that convention center where you went to a wedding expo or Comic-Con might soon be a hospital. Which brings us to our third big story of the day. Depending on how much you make, you could be getting a check in the next few weeks to help you deal with any financial strain caused by COVID-19. But until then, the Internal Revenue Service, or the IRS, has a message for you. Be careful. They say, watch out for calls or emails from people claiming to work for the Treasury Department and claiming that they need some of your personal financial information to help you get a payment related to COVID-19. Like, you might get an email asking for your PayPal or bank account information. That person probably doesn't work for the government. In fact, it's a scam. The Better Business Bureau was already reporting these scams before that big stimulus deal was passed and signed last week. And now, state attorneys general are also putting out warnings today. They're basically saying you should be extremely careful with your personal info. Well, always, but especially now. So if you do get an email like this, ignore it or delete it. Just so you know, the IRS says it still doesn't have all the info about when your check will be ready. 
and they really don't want you to call them to ask about it. But they say to keep an eye out for updates on the IRS website, irs.gov. Like we said, there's a lot happening right now. So to keep up to date on the latest news about COVID-19, head on over to theskim.com slash COVID updates. If you still feel run down, even after meds have relieved allergy symptoms, Allerlife can help. Their unique vitamin and mineral blends take on allergy blottom, so you can feel less out of it. Take Allerlife as part of your daily routine. Allerlife does not treat allergy symptoms such as runny nose, itchy eyes, or watery eyes. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so this pandemic is affecting us in a lot of different ways, including your finances. And we want to help answer the biggest questions you have when it comes to what COVID-19 could mean for your wallet, like your emergency fund. Typically, your emergency fund should be at least three months' savings of your take-home pay. And while saving money right now might seem daunting, you're probably already doing it without even trying. Because staying at home more means less travel and fewer happy hours or at least ones where you're not the bartender. A great way to help save more money is to put that extra cash straight into your savings account. It's also a good time to review your budget to see if there are other places you can save. You'll wanna make sure you push pause on things like gym memberships or other subscriptions you can't use. One way to budget is to use the 50-20-30 rule. That's where 50% of your money pays for basic needs, 20% goes towards savings, and 30% goes toward other things you wanna buy like maybe a standing desk for your work-from-home setup. Remember, emergency funds are about making sure you have money when you really need it. In the event that you lose your job, your hours get cut, or you have to pay for an unexpected medical bill. And while the economy is hurting, every little bit saved really counts. We're going to keep answering your money questions as the economic fallout of COVID-19 develops and offer resources to help you stay financially healthy. To stay updated, head on over to theskim.com slash spend smarter. Okay, we're pressing pause on the latest developing stories to talk about some creative Kiwis. That's the nickname for people from New Zealand. Like the rest of us, Kiwis are staying home to slow the spread of COVID-19, and they're putting their toy collections to good use. Inspired by the popular kids' book, We're Going on a Bear Hunt, Kiwis are giving kids something to scavenger hunt for while they're outside with their parents getting a daily dose of fresh air. The TV outlet One News explained how the game works. Getting involved is easy. All you have to do is place a teddy bear where it's visible from the street. How many do you think you've spotted? 69. My favourite part is to see all the cuddly teddy bears. Some people are taking this really seriously like putting together different intricate scenes for their teddy bears on display every day. Even New Zealand's prime minister put two bears in her window. These bear hunts are popping up all around the US too. So keep your eyes peeled for bears the next time you're outside. Just remember to keep your distance. No matter your situation, sometimes you just need to press pause. And every week, we're sending out an email with some of our favorite things to help you take a break. To sign up, head on over to theskim.com slash press pause. Before we go today, we've got a special message from a listener named Julia. I'm calling to give a shout out 
to all of the veterinarians who are working through this um, pandemic. Especially emergency room vets, who have to take care of pets no matter what shape their humans are in. They are there on the front lines, um, just as human medical doctors. As, as you know, so many of our fur babies are just as important to people um, as family members. And they care for not only the animals, but also for their owners. Thanks for calling in, Julia. Remember, we also want to hear your shout-outs and your messages for your loved ones that you can't physically meet up with right now. So give us a call at 646-461-6370 and leave us a voicemail. You might hear your message on the show. And that's all for Skim This. Also, today is Equal Pay Day. It's the day that marks how much longer women have to work on average to make what men made in 2019. We have a special audio episode for you that explains why the gender pay gap still persists. And we talked to some women on the front lines of trying to close the gap. They have some advice about what you can do about it. You can find the episode in the Skim This podcast feed. 